Welcome to the One Chance Coaching Podcast. My name's Claire and I'm going to be chatting to you today. Please be aware that this is just my advice from me to you. I am not a doctor, though I do have a life coaching qualification as a level three diploma and I'm working on my nutrition and health diploma as well. Good morning, good morning. How are we today? How's things? It's the 20th of November. We are rocketing towards Christmas at a frightening rate. And over the next couple of weeks, I am definitely, definitely going to chat about Christmas and Christmas food and Christmas food mentality and how we deal with Christmas. And it is something that I think plays on. um, I'm going to use dieters in air quotes. So if you're watching me on YouTube, you'll uh, you'll be able to see that. Um, If not, then... uh, I just air quoted and I air quoted for a very good reason. And that reason is that our mentality around these things is uh, is messed up. And uh, I don't really consider myself to be on a diet Um, since I started Team RH. um, I consider myself to be on an education and not only am I on an education that I have learned stuff from them. It's actually sparked me into going off and doing some study outside of that again. And it's been really lovely to get learning again. So, um, yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm going to start talking about maybe in the next couple of weeks. I should have another special guest coming up, which is very exciting. It was lovely to chat to Tina last week. Um, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, if you can, give me a like and a share and a subscribe. Maybe give me a review would be amazing because obviously when you first start a podcast, it takes a very, very long time to reach people and it takes a very, very long time to build. So um, anything that you guys can do, if you are enjoying listening to me ramble on each week, um, I would really, really appreciate a little follow, um, subscribe, and then you'll get notified each week. Uh, of what I'm rambling on about this week. So what am I rambling on about this week? Shall I get to the point? That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Um, It's Monday morning and I want to talk about all or nothing. For my whole life, I think since I was about 13 years old, I have always used the expression, I'm an all or nothing person. Um, And I've had that so instilled into my brain and I'm not entirely sure where it came from. Um, maybe it's just something that people say to us as we go along. Oh, you're a bit all or nothing. And and then it's like I, I talked about right at the beginning before I started focusing so much on uh, fat loss and weight loss and stuff like that. I talked about self-fulfilling prophecies. If you tell yourself something enough, eventually it comes true. If you tell yourself you're stupid enough, eventually you really will believe that you are stupid and that you're not deserving of good things and that you you then get yourself into a pattern of self-limiting beliefs um, and all these sorts of things. So um, all or nothing has been something that I have genuinely, genuinely believed about myself. And the more I think about it, and I bet there's people listening, I bet you anything there's people listening to this going yep that's me I'm all or nothing I either go in at 150 miles an hour or I don't do it at all Um, and I bet you you're thinking the same thing because loads of us do but I have come to the conclusion and I'm not going to sugarcoat this that this is bollocks it's a great word bollocks I do apologize if I am a bit sweary but you know that is who I am 
I could try and self-centre, but then you'll just end up with lots of erms and ah uh, and uh while I try and think of appropriate words. And bollocks is an underrated word, in my opinion. It feels good on the tongue. <laughs> Not bollocks. Oh, that was bad. Um, <laughs> retract that statement. Anyway, I've come to the conclusion that all or nothing is like a conditioned behaviour or thought process, if you like. Um it's something that we believe about ourselves, but serves no good purpose whatsoever in our lives to say to yourself, oh, well, I only go all in or nothing at all. Why? This, I mean, think about it actually in a slightly deeper context. And that's what I want to talk about today. And as usual, this will be my sort of rambling thoughts because I don't write much down or anything. I sort of, you know, have a think about what I'm going to say and then I start talking. Um it, it, how can that possibly serve us anything good? I'm all or nothing. And, and it's I've told myself this for my whole life. And what it does is it gives you a restrictive mentality, if you will. You're going to go into things thinking, well, I'm, I'm either all in or I'm all out or it's all good or it's all bad or it's all right or it's all wrong. And then you end up with this far extreme it's it's like having a, a political views that are extreme right and extreme left and actually what we need as a culture and as a society is slightly more middle thinking people that are going to reach the majority of people and i think most of us politically are quite middle middle ground we don't really believe in the far far right and some of us I mean, there's obviously a lot of people that do believe in the far, far left, but I think the majority of people don't. We, The majority of people see that the, the, the very far extremes of the political spectrum don't serve the vast majority of the people, um, if that makes any sense at all. So, you know, having said for my whole life, I'm all or nothing, has done nothing but restrict me and hold me back. Because... There wasn't any thinking about longer term benefit and there wasn't any thinking about how to factor in, you know, my new diet. So when I went on Slimming World, I was all in, all in for Slimming World, absolutely everything. Um, and when I did Weight Watchers, I was all in. When I did intermittent fasting, I was all in, but for a very, very small amount of time because I didn't allow myself any way of that diet plan, air quotes again, fitting in with my life for the longer term. So an example of my all in, all out, all or nothing thought was if I knew I was going out for a meal, say my, I live in Norwich and we have this amazing brand of restaurant called Zach's in Norwich and they are, uh, it's a burger joint and it is a damn good burger joint and it's been going around since you know, since I was around, you know, late 70s, early 80s, I would imagine. Let me pause for coffee. Hang on. Most people have cut that out, but not me. I'm not wasting it. My coffee's getting cold. Um, so if I knew we were going out for Zach's to celebrate or just going out for lunch, I wouldn't just write off that one meal as I'm going to have a burger and I'm going to have chips and it's going to be about a thousand calories. Because in my head, a thousand calories was like the worst thing in the world. Um, which doesn't make any sense either because I eat 2000 calories a day and I lose weight on it. So go figure. But that's just how messed up my brain was. I was um, either all in with the sins or, you know, worrying about calories and thinking I must have everything. Everything must be like 200 calories. And this is nonsense. And this is something that I've learned. 
Um, it's okay to have seven, eight hundred calories for a meal if you want. It just depends on what else you're having that day. If I knew I would go, I was going and I was going to have a, a two thousand, you know, a, a fifteen hundred calorie meal, I wouldn't just have that meal as the bad meal that day. I would get up with the mentality in my head. Well, it doesn't matter what I eat today because today's a write off and I'm an all or nothing person. So I'm going all in. And so I would get up and I would have a normal breakfast. I'd have toast and peanut butter or something like that, which was a go to for me. And I didn't realise quite how many calories I was consuming in that. Not that there's anything wrong with either of those things. Po toast, awesome. Peanut butter, awesome. High in protein. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, but when you then combine that with potentially some mid-morning chocolate, because, you know, you've already sacked off the day, so you might as well go all in. Yeah. And then I'd have my burger and my chips and potentially a dessert as well. And then after that, I would like, well, I've sort of ruined it now. So I'd be stuffed. I would be full to the goddamn brim. But I would still find ways of eating for the rest of the day because that was my cheat day. That was it. I'd fallen off the wagon that day. I was all in. Do you see what I mean? And this can apply to so many different things. It's not just food. There are people that are all or nothing drinkers. You can't just have a glass of wine. can't enjoy a glass of wine. I've got to have four glasses of wine and then that'll lead to a lack of resolve. And once your lack of resolve kicks in, then before you know it, you're, you're, you're knee deep in Prosecco and, and you're doing Jaeger bombs and, and tequila shots. Yeah. So there's like that, you know, all or nothing with drinking. It's all or nothing with exercise. Um, when... I was on Slimming World. I hardly exercised at all. I mean, they used to call it body magic. And I even even when I was in the thick of the Slimming World cult, as it were, I used to think that was a stupid term. Body magic, just call it what it is. It's exercise. But they would actively discourage exercise because it made you gain muscle mass, which made you weigh heavier on the scale, which made their group look bad. <laughs> More coffee. Hang on. And the point of that is that when I was in Slimming World and they would always at the end of the session would tell us what we had lost collectively as a group. And that's because that data gets inputted to head office. And I believe there's bonuses handed out on how much your group has lost that week. So if your group has lost loads of weight, um, you want to keep them losing loads of weight. You don't want them gaining muscle mass now, do you? Because that's going to make them way heavier, despite the fact that it's actually going to improve their health, going to improve their mentality, going to help them stop coming back to Slimming World because they will have found a way to keep that weight off long term. Yeah. So uh, that sort of now I know the facts about that irritates me beyond belief because there isn't anything there now that's actually telling me that they were in it for our health. They weren't. It's a brilliant business model. You've got a business model where I don't know what the percentages are, but uh, a very high number of your clients fail. So they have to keep coming back and paying you again. So when I was but when I did get into exercise, I would punish myself if I didn't run every day. I used to run a lot and I used to love running. Um, but I would be again all or nothing. It was I would like running. If I didn't run every day, then it was terrible. I wouldn't allow myself a rest day. So I would either do six days a week or, you know, every day of the week or nothing at all. And as soon as the nothing at all comes in, that was when everything would go to shit. That was when I would fall off the diet wagon. I would stop counting whether it was calories, points, sins. I would start stuffing my face. So it was either complete and total restriction or complete and total overindulgence. 
you know, and if thinking back to that, you know, going out to your favourite restaurant and having your favourite meal at that favourite restaurant, then if you think about it in a, a more logical way, we have three meals a day for seven days a week, right? And there's some snacks in there as well. No one's saying you can't snack. I'll never tell you you can't snack. I snack. I snack less than I used to, but I do snack. Um, so that's 21 meals a week. One of those meals is not going to ruin your overall deficit if you're on a calorie deficit for the week. It just won't. Because what do we know? What do we know about the facts of fat loss and calories is that 3,500 calories is one pound of fat in terms of like your deficit. So one meal of 1,800 calories, say, say even 2,000 calories, you had a 2,000 calorie meal out, that's not going to ruin your overall deficit for the week. It will lessen it for sure. It's an interesting thought. And, you know, the all or nothing thing absolutely fed into punishing myself with exercise as well or punishing myself with massive restriction after I'd done it. So the day after I'd eaten the toast, the, the snacks in the morning, the meal out at lunchtime, the chocolate in the afternoon, maybe a piece of cake because, you know, screw it, I've, I've already ruined the day. Um, and going to bed feeling sick and lethargic and awful the next day would lead to massive restriction for me. So I would be like, well, no, I'll just have a slim fast shake in the morning and, and, and a salad or a bowl of cereal and that'll do it because I ate loads yesterday. And that mentality, from my point of view, has completely gone now. I will never punish myself for overindulging. I will never do what my Slimming World members used to call claw back. We must claw back. I did too much yesterday. I must claw back. No, just start again the next day. Your body still needs nutrition the next day. It still needs to be fed its micro and macronutrients. It still needs its calories. It still needs its water. And the vast majority of the time, if you have a big heavy meal and you put on weight, the next day it will be gone because most of that will be water. Because the very, very high calorie meals like that tend to be very carb heavy. And that we now know the facts about carbs. We now know that if you have one gram of carbohydrates, your body can retain three to four grams of water. So a very carb heavy meal of a burger with a bun and chips is going to make you retain water. It's not necessarily that you have gained that fat because if, in order to gain that fat, 3,500 calories over, over your maintenance calories. So... Now I know those facts. Now I'm working on fact, not fad. It is an incredibly liberating thing. And I have found a happy medium. And happy medium is called happy medium for a reason. It is a happy, happy place to be. It is a place where you realise that this is sustainable, that you can do this for the long term. I now have virtually zero concern about maintaining my weight loss I really feel that in the last, what's that? Oh, it's my goodness me, it's my anniversary. <laughs> it's my Team RH five-month anniversary today. And with five months with Team RH, I have lost on the nose 38 pounds today. And I don't in any of that time feel like I have been restricted or held back or stopped from eating things that I love. At no point, at no point. I'm not making sin-free cake with eggs and whipped air. I'm not eating nothing but Muller Light yoghurt. I'm not eating um, 
you know, an avocado and thinking it's going to break me or mashing a banana and thinking that that magically turns it into something bad. My good food, bad food mentality has gone and it will always be gone. But good food, bad food and all or nothing are intrinsically linked, in my opinion. It's coming out of that thinking that this is bad and this is good. And that is what diet clubs got me into thinking and got thousands upon thousands, millions probably, of other people thinking that same way. Good food, bad food. The, you know, and, and I remember being on Weight Watchers and on Weight Watchers it was three points for a curly whirly or three points for a banana or something like that. And I was like, well, duh, what one am I going to have? Whereas now that entire way of thinking has disappeared. It's gone. And it will be forever gone. Because for the first time, I've actually realised what the facts are. And I will say over and over and over again, fact over fad, fact over fad. Get rid of the faddy ideas and intrinsically instill in your brain the, the logic and the science and learn. Learn everything you can learn. If you are following a diet plan at the moment that you believe is sensible, if you're with Team RH or anyone else and you think, this is this is the time you've paid for that that thing for a year a team rh you have to sign up for the year and rightly so um because you could you get given everything so you could literally join for a day if there was a cooling off period you could join for a day screenshot everything you need and then cancel your direct debit they've then given you everything you need to get to where you want to be for nothing <laughs> so i understand um that it is for a year so i said to myself when i signed up for that year I'm going to make sure that I learn absolutely everything I can learn. Um, and in all honesty, I may well carry on and pay for another year um, because it is $6.99 a month. And I feel that that for my longevity, my health, um, my sustained weight loss, the support that you get, the information, the fact that it's very visual and you've got the app, all of that stuff to me. I believe is probably worth it. And I'm thinking I'm six months or five months in now. So maybe maybe I won't. Maybe I won't feel like I'll need it. But I will wait and see. And I certainly wouldn't rule out having another year's worth because I think it's worth every penny. So if you are following Team RH, make sure that you literally treat yourself like a sponge and absorb as much of that information that you possibly, possibly can, because it is all there for the taking. Um, you've got to get out of this good, bad mentality good bad all or nothing um i saw i follow this incredible chap on tiktok called um chris terrell um who's lost 125 pounds he's managed to keep his weight off for years and now coaches people and i really do believe that if you're going to go to a coach for weight loss you need to go to somebody that's been through the process don't go to somebody that's always been thin because as much as they'd like to understand the science of it um, and they probably do understand the science of it. If they've never struggled with their weight, if they've never had a fat problem, then they don't understand the psychological and the emotional stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So if you feel like you need that support, you can reach out to me. I am almost finished with my nutrition course now. I've got two units left to go. Um, and then I will be taking on clients. So if there is something that you want some more support with, I can do that. And believe me, I will do that. <laughs> There'll be very little that you could say that you're going through that I haven't been through um, or understood in any way or could relate to. Um, so, yeah, the good food, bad food, all or nothing is intrinsically linked. 
creating a slower and steadier weight loss has taught me that it is okay to be medium. I'm loving being medium. My husband now calls me Mrs. Medium because most of my tops are now size medium. <laughs> I uh, yesterday put on, I, I managed to find a pair of jeans that, if you watch my TikToks a while back, I found a pair of size 12 jeans and I was just so, so excited to get these 12 jeans on. Well, they're now too big. Um, and I am not sitting here and saying that I'm a size 10 because I'm not a size 10. I'm probably a 12 to 14, depends. My lower half is smaller. I'm very shouldery. I'm a uh, strawberry if you're going to go into style analysis terms, um, which means that my shoulders and my rib cage are wider than my hips. Um, so I'm sort of an inverted triangle. I'm a triangle, an upside down triangle. Um, and <laughs> I ended up getting a size 10, two, two size 10 pair of jeans. Um, I feel I may have lost them to my daughter then because she went and borrowed them today. So I think they're going to be shared jeans. Um, but yeah, so it, it, he calls me Mrs. Medium and that's adorable. And, um, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm quite excited about being medium. I don't have that all or meant nothing mentality where I'm either going to be a size 20 or, or above, or I must be a size 10 or I'm a failure. This is nonsense. The size 10 jeans are just a stretchy jean. And they, every, if you look on the online reviews of these particular jeans, they are amazing. And they're very comfortable and they're really flattering. But everyone says they come up big. So, you know, it's not about that. And it's not about having this distinct number in my head that I must be. Um, today, I hit 165. I've got five pounds left to go until my next goal, um, which probably should be my final goal uh, where I start learning how to maintain properly. Um, I'm reading up on that all the time now, but I genuinely feel that not much is going to change. It's, this is the only time I've been on a diet plan, air quotes, um, and not been excited to get to the end so I can stop doing it. I'm now excited to get to the end so I can say I've done it and I can then continue to live my life in this newer, healthier, more exciting way that I have discovered through do, doing Team RH. And that fills me with so much excitement. The fact that I got this now and I know how to do it and I'm going to keep doing it forever. And the only way that you can keep doing it forever is to find a way that it is sustainable. Every other diet I have ever been on, I'm like, I can't wait for this to be over. And go figure. That's why I never stayed there, right? Because I never, ever, ever maintained anything after I'd done it. When I got to goal at Slimming World and I had lost, no, it wasn't Slimming World, I tell a lie. When I got to goal at Weight Watchers, which is where I wa lost a, a huge quantity of weight, I lost 118 pounds. Um, when I got there, when I got to goal on the day, it was the get to goal and I got my little badge and I got my certificate and I'd lost it all. What I did was I went home and I ordered a Domino's pizza to reward myself. Looking back, that is quite possibly the most stupid thing I think I ever could have done. Utter insanity because I had learned nothing at that point and that one Domino's pizza because I had learned nothing spiralled instantly spiralled into me eating loads of other shit that I didn't need that was it I'd, I hadn't I hadn't taught myself anything whereas now I know that once I get to that that goal weight that elusive goal weight I just carry on I just carry on doing what I'm doing, except I am going to start playing around with calories a little bit and figuring out 
where I can maintain. I'm still going to weigh myself every day. I fully intend to weigh myself every day that I can, where there are scales, for the rest of my life. And I'm fine with that. Absolutely fine with it. I'm still going to track my food once this diet is over. I'm still going to make a very, very concerted effort to make sure that I weigh food. I have learnt so much what stuff looks like now. I know what 50 grams of cereal looks like in a bowl. I know what 75 grams of fruit looks like in a bowl. I know what two slices of toast weigh. I know off the top of my head that two slices of wholemeal toast weigh around 60 grams. If you get a medium slice. I know roughly what all these things weigh. So that's going to help me in the long term because I've got a visual associated with the number. But actually, I apologise for that weird little noise. There's something, (laughs) there's some sort of gremlin in my throat. But um, yeah, I know what these things look like now, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop weighing. Um, It doesn't mean that I'm going to stop being sensible. I know what my portion sizes should look like. So long term, that's going to help me. But if I do gain a little bit and my weight goes up again, I know exactly what to do to bring it straight back down again. And I know the facts. So we're going for happy medium. Happy being the operative word there. Happy medium, 500 deficit for day, per day, for losing a pound a week. Because 500 over a week is 3,500 calories. And a 500 calorie deficit is not a hell of a lot. And the most amazing thing that you get from just doing a 500 calorie deficit a day is that beautiful, beautiful realisation that you do not have to starve yourself in order to lose weight. You don't have to be on 1200 calories and be miserable because it doesn't work. And a few little other, you know, things just on this same thing that I have learned. And there's a few and I'm just going to try and pluck some out of the top of my head. Fattening foods do not exist. No food will make you fat. No food will make you thin. Fattening behaviour exists. Okay, so it's not about the food. Um, And this was Chris Terrell talking about this. And he said he was talking about um, fattening foods um, and the fact that naturally skinny people that have been skinny their whole lives or thin or slim or however you want to put it, their whole lives still eat pizza. They still eat cake. So it's not the food that's the problem. Yeah, it's the overconsumption of the food. So it has to come down to us and our own personal accountability. So, yes, that fattening food doesn't exist. Um fattening behaviors do exist yeah it's not all or nothing you can eat anything you want you just can't eat everything you want that was my favorite favorite phrase and I will take it over and over I will take that to my grave you can eat anything you want you don't have to cut out whole food groups you don't have to do keto you don't have to give up all sugar that's a miserable existence and there is no need for it you don't need to You can do it. You can live a perfectly normal, happy medium life without going to extremes. So that is my words for today. I hope it has been of some help. I hope that it resonates with you in some way. Um, I'm going to get cracking on with getting prepped for my next special guest episode. Um, And I can't tell you who it is because I don't like to jink these things. Jink? I don't like to jinx these things um, because, yeah, I like to just keep... As my husband would say, I keep my powder dry, not let anyone know. So, um, But there will be a special guest episode coming up soon, which is really exciting. Thanks again to Tina for last week. I hope you enjoyed that one. If you haven't listened to it yet, go and check it out. Um, she speaks a lot of sense and it was lovely to have a chat with her. So um, I hope you find your happy medium today. Don't expect perfection. Enjoy your week 
I will catch up with you next week. And um, if you do need anything in the meantime, you can email me at onechancecoaching at gmail.com. Um, if you think that um, you would like to sign up as a client, just get in, in contact. Um, I will be taking on clients very, very shortly. So a list will be going together if that is something that might interest you. You'll get one to one support via WhatsApp, um, email and video call as well. So that's how it's going to roll when we do launch. But if you want to get yourself on that waiting list, just drop me an email and um, I will catch up with you very soon. Enjoy your week. Take care, guys. Bye. Feel free to come follow me on TikTok. You can reach me there at One Chance Coaching. I hope to catch up with you soon.